Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing the first in a series of several webinars that have been hosted by the Beef Reproduction Task Force focused on beef reproductive management. Today's topic is going to focus on planning your ester synchronization and artificial insemination program. And I'm joined by Dr. Sandy Johnson, who's a beef reproductive physiologist and extension beef specialist with Kansas State University. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Johnson. Uh, pleasure to be here. Dr. Johnson, this is the first time we've had the privilege of having you on the podcast. So before we dive into the topic that you focused on in your webinar, share with us a little more about yourself, your background, and your role with Kansas State University. Sure. You know, I, I grew up in eastern Nebraska, and my uh, dad went to AI school when I was about nine, and that really started my interest in this area, and I'm not sure how much help he would say I was at nine, but anyway, gradually I became more useful in that uh, program, and so that, that really started my early interest, and th then the other thing would be I, I was always uh, thought that uh, he should be more attentive to the cows that I wanted him to breed, and um, all the other things he had to do just didn't seem important to me. And so I, I came to recognize the importance of, of planning and the whole, uh, you know, time requirements that producers have. And, and so part of what I have done is try to work on things that really help producers with their planning and hopefully save some time. And anyway, that kind of goes back to that history. So I've been fortunate to have that background and, and uh, study reproductive physiology for a number of years. And my uh, work at Kansas State University has been around beef cow management, synchronization systems, looking at the cost of those, and uh, trying to help find the best systems that combine good results, cost effectiveness, and kind of how understanding how those work together. And the other thing I would share then, uh, as, as you look back in the history of synchronization, I began working with a group of other extension reproductive physiologists as we really started changing these synchronization systems quickly. And we developed uh, what's known as the Beef Reproductive Task Force. And that academic group has then worked with uh, an industry group to try and unify some recommendations and, and provide what we think will work for a lot of people in a lot of different situations and, and help them implement those systems. Dr. Johnson, tell us a little more about the Beef Reproduction Task Force. You were actually one of the founding members a little over 20 years ago, and you also have a website, beefrepro.org, where there's a tremendous amount of resources available for producers who have an interest in understanding beef reproduction synchronization systems, how they work, what may be available to them. I guess just give us some more information about the task force and what you do. Right. So, you know, our goal is to help producers use reproductive technology um, in a cost-effective manner and help them uh, also learn about mechanisms to use the genetics uh, resources they've created. And, and so, we had, um, over the course of time, actually had two websites that became a little confusing this past year. We were able to 
consolidate those into one updated website, a little more mobile friendly. And so that website, beefrepro.org, O-R-G, is got um, tremendous amount of resources there. Uh, we had a virtual meeting last fall. Um, all those presentations are accessible from uh, that website on our YouTube channel, as well as past uh, meetings. I think we've got at least 10 years worth of meetings there. And now you might say, well, I want the most up-to-date information. I understand that. But if you go back in time, there's some excellent talks that review just basic physiology and help you understand how some of these synchronization systems work. And then at each of those meetings, there's generally a producer, one or more producers that talks about how they're using AI. So there's, there's lots of good things there. And then this year we have added, um, we're doing an additional webinar a month. We've been doing that since December. And um, I'm not sure if we'll keep doing that through the longer summer months, but we have another one. We'll have one in uh, March and an another one in April. And information about those will, can also be found at our website. And so we hope that producers will use that uh, resource. And they can also send a question uh, to our group. And depending on the question, we identify one of the task force members to answer. Or if we need to you know, go beyond that, we'll do our best to try and answer those questions related to uh, reproduction and synchronization. So we hope people will, will find that and um, use those resources because that's what they're there for. Dr. Johnson, you recently made a presentation titled Planning Your Ester Synchronization in Artificial Insemination Program. Talk a little more about the content of that webinar. In there, you focused on really resources available for planning, as you alluded to earlier. What are some of those resources that are available? How might they have value and be applied by producers? You know, I think when we, we look at AI, it's a, it's a detail um, operation. And those details really start in a spring calving system, for sure. They, they start during the third trimester, making sure we have adequate nutrition in those cows prior to calving and continue to have them in good uh, condition at the time of breeding. And oftentimes we're thinking just week before breeding, what do I need to do? But uh, we want people to think about uh, preparation is really a multiple month part in terms of the cow health and nutrition. And I have a little program called the Management Minder that's just set up to help you, I guess, remember that the third trimester starts today, okay? How often does that date really slip by us? And the longer we wait to make any adjustment in nutrition to those cows in third trimester, it just is um, going to be more expensive and harder to do because essentially we've just upped the ante to, you know, do we want to gain 100 pounds in 100 days or 100 pounds in 30 days? You know, it takes a, a much different situation. And so that, that part is just so key. So assuming we can get our nutrition right and, and get those cows in good condition, then we're ready to start looking at what type of synchronization program we might want to apply. And so we have developed a tool called the Estrus Synchronization Planner. And what it does is kind of 
uh, mirrors the recommended protocols that the Beef Reproductive Task Force puts out every year and helps you then select a protocol based on how much heat detection you want to do, wh whether you're using what we've added is looking at sex semen in that decision. So you step through this process and select a protocol based on the short list. And then um, planner will put that on a calendar for you. So you have the right date and time for each activity. And one of the things that's easy to slip up on is getting things done on the right date and also the right time and keeping all those products straight. If you're not used to those different product names, you know, you don't use the right one on the right date, the cows aren't going to come in heat. And so the planner will put that product name that you identify that you're going to use on the calendar. So it says, give product X at this time on this date. And the whole idea is trying to minimize the chance of something other than that happening. I really think the Esther synchronization planning tool is a, a really nice resource. I mean, you go in, you set the date or, or time frame in which you want to AI the cows, and then it helps you then schedule things back. And, you know, I think the thing I also like about that is just you have everything from an MGA protocol, if we're thinking about heifers, to a 14-day cedar program, if we're thinking about that also with heifers. And then we've got, you know, other protocols that are available, and then you really work through and in that planner, you know, what needs to be given when. And I think there's a number of protocols available. And so if you're not familiar with those, getting that scheduled, getting the right drug at the right time on the right day is pretty important. Right, Aaron. And the other thing, you know, there's some of those products that are two cc dose or one cc dose or five cc's, you know, that's pretty important too. And you know, we can get used to things being a certain way and somebody got a different product this year and a different dose and we're how many head down the chute before we realize that, oh, this isn't, you know, product whatever. So details are important. Well, and I'm sure you've had the phone call, Sandy, where somebody calls in a panic and said, hey, we just gave the wrong thing. Now what do we do? And again, I know accidents happen, but having things well-planned, having a schedule, uh, being able to look back and say, okay, what are we giving today and how much? Uh, those are pretty important pieces. Right. And, and maybe what I didn't emphasize about the planner is that once you make these selections, you can print out this calendar, okay, that's, you know, tells you what to give on this date and what time and put it up in the barn, pass it around so everybody has a copy, you know, particularly something like this, you know, you don't want to, one of your key uh, pieces of labor to say, oh, well, I've got a wedding that weekend and can't be there. That's the kind of miscommunication we don't want to happen. And so often getting this on paper and uh, in front of people, I think, is a really good communication tool. And uh, again, communicating with your whole team, um, I think, is important to the whole successful program. Dr. Johnson, one of the other things that you mentioned a little bit earlier, but I think really has value at the website is, is that you're continually updating and evaluating new estrus synchronization protocols. And when I just look back over the last 25, 30 years, there's been some pretty significant major changes 
to some of these estrus synchronization protocols, especially timed AI. And I would say the next thing that we may start to see implemented even with greater uh, detail or with greater use is the use of sex semen. I guess just talk a little more about some of the protocols or where information can be found on protocols at the website and how the task force works together to really evaluate and then identify these are protocols that we would recommend. Right. So, you know, every year we kind of, what new data has been generated and the information on sex semen has been coming a little more slowly than perhaps other areas just because of the, some of the challenges with, with implementing that. And, but, you know, we're gradually getting more data there. there. So this year we did develop a sex semen protocol sheet. The thing I would say to summarize that sex semen protocol sheet, and when we got together as a, with the greater beef reproduction leadership team, which includes all those in industry personnel, is that while we, we've got some research that says this fixed time AI protocol, the sex semen looks about like this other one, um, already on our list with conventional semen, we weren't ready as a group to say use fixed timed AI with sex semen, but certainly we can use sex semen on females that we know are in, are in estrus, and we can use some heat detection aids to help us determine that, or we can, you know, do visual observation, but there are, you know, just some gradual improvements they've had in the product, and, you know, some bulls don't work, and we're kind of getting those um, probably learning more about that, although I can't speak with any great knowledge about it. I know that we're <clears throat> beginning to do, do a better job there and we have more choices. Uh, so there, there's more and more opportunities with sex semen. So, you know, recognize that it's, um, we're, we're going to have maybe at best 90% of the fertility of a normal AI program. Sometimes we're seeing it closer than that, but um, for planning purposes, I wouldn't uh, expect that. So we want to use sex semen in an established good AI program. And if you look down the road and say, oh, I can see some opportunities for sex semen, well, now is the time to be getting that base AI program working very well. And then as we begin to improve this fertility with sex semen, you'll be ready to go. And it, it could be that at some point we're actually putting in embryos of specific matings and, and not, not semen. That's something to look for down the road that may be happening. And that's, that's actually happening in the dairy industry right now. Dr. Johnson, anything else you'd like to highlight or ask producers to think about as they plan towards the upcoming AI season and, resources maybe the Beef Reproduction Task Force has available that you think would be helpful to them? Yeah, well, I would just, you know, I, I know that there's, there's always a lot of day-to-day -day things, but the better you can plan ahead, um, you know, get your protocol planned out, get supplies, people lined up, that, that's going to be the, um, make that whole process go as smoothly as, as possible, and, and the planner will certainly help you do that. And, um, you know, then be watching for these opportunities down the road for, you know, we've had some times where steer and heifer prices 
had a pretty wide differential, which probably is going to impact that decision on what level of fertility I need to use sex semen. And so I, I think the opportunities with these reproductive technologies are, are just increasing. It's not that everybody's going to use all of them right now. But we know some of the early adopters are often those that uh, can reap the biggest reward. So I encourage people to, to watch for those things, think about new marketing opportunities and what you can do with these tools. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Johnson. Pleasure to be here. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beefrepro.org website. Again, at the website, the webinars are archived, and they also have a lot of other excellent resources there related to beef reproductive management.